0: I'd like to propose a toast. Hello and welcome to Before Brunch. I'm Megan Cassidy. And I'm Cassie Delaney. And we are your weekly celebrity pop culture, arts and social issues podcast. And we go live every Saturday morning at about 7 a.m. That's new for us because we're adapting to the
1: times and we talk about all the good stuff that you used to talk talk to your friends about at brunch but because brunch is no longer a thing we talk about all the things that you're going to be talking to your
0: friends about on your 5k walk. Yes with your coffees and your bench chats. I was kind of delighted at the excuse to chat about this family this week. We love them. We love talking about them. They're probably one of the most polarizing celebrity entities on mm. the planet.
1: It this, but this theme I loved this theme for this for us. It is the perfect intersection of both our special interests.
0: Oh, well, what's my special interest?
1: Well, like you've got what pop culture and the Kardashians have done for the world, and how yeah. pop culture has changed how we perceive reality, and then we have. The truth. What is the truth? Does objective truth exist anymore? And how is the dissemination of the truth impacting how we live? It's a very. You know, I'm going to bring up Cambridge Analytica at some point.
0: (laughs) Your area of special interest. It's funny because every time I'm writing a headline, like a title for the podcast, I always, um, I always want to write. And perception versus reality. I always want to add, like, whoever we're talking about. I'm like, uh, the Kardashians and perception versus reality. Meghan Markle and perception versus reality. It's so applicable, isn't it? It is. It's the common denominator, I feel, between all of the subjects that we choose to write about, it's always this underlying theme that's kind of bubbling there in the background. Perception versus reality. Do you want to say it one more time? Perception versus reality. Perfect.
1: Yeah, no, but because that's what we do on this podcast. We take something that we know to be superficially or we're superficially aware of, and we deep dive into it and go behind it and say, well, what's really going on there? What does that mean for us? Or how does that really impact it? And what does
0: it say about who we are consuming it generally? Exactly. The Kardashians are the type of family. I mean, we worked together on a news desk. We did. And we covered the Kardashians every move. All the time. Every day. You Knew would them inside something. Out. Yeah. You would hop on in the morning and if numbers are low... You would do a a Kardashian Google search and it did not matter what had happened. If one of them had blinked, you would cover it because you would get the numbers in. And the trade-off is you write a Kardashian article, you get the numbers in and then you can go and write a feature that you want to write. You can do some investigative journalism uh, and probably one-eighth of the amount of people will read it. But that's that's the sad it?
1: And that was something I think we... I, I, we're acknowledging more and more and it's something that I've written quite a bit about for Rogue as well is that media companies especially digital media companies and the types that we worked for succeeded based on base numbers and those base numbers were achieved by having your Kardashian pieces your this Zara dress pieces their this Penny's polka dot dress is sold out everywhere type pieces and then it was the people on the desk who would push to do stuff on repeal or to do to do features we did a lot of um we did a lot of of issues pertaining to women when we worked on that desk together but the reality was was that a million people would read the kardashian story and 10 20,000 would come on and read the feature
0: and the disconnect is that you would publish a kardashian story and absolutely every single time the comments are who cares why are you giving them attention why are you writing about this and that public reaction was completely at odds with what we were seeing privately behind the scenes, the numbers that were on these articles. Well, maybe they're just a guilty pleasure for so many people. It is a guilty pleasure, which is a term that we're now trying not to use anymore because there was a viral tweet. Have I mentioned this in a previous podcast? Um, No, there was a viral tweet around, you know, guilty pleasure is just the trope of women and gay men when it's actually a meaningless phrase you know it's a pleasure it's why is it a guilty pleasure because usually it's the female domain you know it is always in the female domain I think the
1: idea I think the idea of it being a guilty pleasure is that you can acknowledge that it's not true and we're going to talk about this for all you can acknowledge that it's highly produced you can acknowledge that it's you know it's it's problematic it's unintelligent (laughs) it's unintelligent it's so privileged Mm -hmm. And you can still engage with it and watch it. So I think that it's not a guilty pleasure in that it shouldn't be enjoyed, but it's acknowledging its flaws and still consuming it.
0: And, you know, Anne Helen Peterson, who is a very prolific celebrity and pop culture writer uh, for BuzzFeed for years, I think she's left Mm -hmm. BuzzFeed now, has always said that the beauty of the Kardashians is that they actually throw open the curtains on the, she calls it the labor of femininity, Mm. the labor of being a woman, getting ready for awards shows, hair, makeup, diets. And it's kind of an unapologetic examination of the work that goes into being a woman, whether that's giving birth, they, 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 do a lot of um a lot of their episodes are themed around fertility issues, mm-hmm. IVF egg freezing. Um so it's this the work of being a woman and how that is very often kind of brushed aside as frivolous when in fact, you know, fashion is a multi-billion dollar industry and it should be really the domain of the the woman. Um, so that is why Anne Helen Peterson would say, you know, the Kardashians is worth studying. But the problem is, do the Kardashians know why they're worth studying? Is this something that they have created themselves? Are they aware of how they... kind of move the conversation forward around culture and women I don't know whether they have that level of intelligence
1: I think that there are certain things that are indicative that they don't and some of them some of them perhaps do some of them definitely don't yeah Kendall Jenner's Pepsi ad a few years ago is just such proof that she wasn't tuned into social and political issues at all not in tune with the zeitgeist of her peers like just did not was it was tone deaf yeah and I think that they can maybe perpetuate and buy into a lot of the kind of um, mindfulness self-care sort of thing without acknowledging their own privilege in it I know in some of their kind of architectural digest tours where you see inside their houses they've got all these beautiful like meditative calm spaces and like this is where I come to relax and I was like it's very easy to relax in a space where you can afford to have that much square footage and not have anything in it <laughs> like it's, it is it is incredibly privileged I think that some of them are wise I think that
0: Chris Jenner knows what she has been doing Chris is without a doubt the mastermind behind all of this. One hundred percent. I was having a conversation with Aiden this morning about it. We watched the first episode of the recent series, the new series, the new series, and Aiden would say, "You know, Rob Kardashian, Robert, the original Robert, the the lawyer who represented OJ Simpson in that infamous trial." Set all this up and now he doesn't get to enjoy the spoils because obviously he passed away from cancer. And I would completely disagree with that. How many families of famous lawyers are there and they haven't reached any sort of similar kind of notoriety? This oh, is absolutely
1: not. Like it would have just been another celebrity. It was a high profile celebrity
0: case. Yeah, but it was. It was Kim Kardashian's sex tape that took it to the next level 100%. Let's give a little bit of context on why we're talking about them today and kind of the set up the scene for for the Kardashian situation as it is today. Um because I've got dates written down in my on. notebook so I want to f- You want to read off flash that. Yeah. So the first episode aired in October 14, 2007. So that's 14 years of Kardashians every Sunday night on E! Wild. Um, So obviously there's been breaks between seasons but they've had 20 seasons and the most recent season which is the 20th and final season aired in Ireland this morning on Hey You. Um, The viewership has been declining steadily in the last few years and we'll talk a bit about that today and how maybe the Kardashians are less relevant Mm -hmm. in a post-pandemic world. Um, viewership has steadily declined I think in 2016 there was a worrying um, one, a worrying dip 1.1 mil tuned into the first episode of whatever season that was that year don't have that written down in my notes um, now apparently ratings have dipped below 1 million so this is catastrophic for the Kardashians yeah. it's still E's flagship show but they announced in September 2020 that they were calling it A day. Um, Kim posted it on Instagram, which is quite fitting and said, we want to leave on a high note and their angle has been very much. We can't believe we ever got to 20 seasons and they're Mm -hmm. really playing the whole, you know, what a huge success this has been. We want to leave on a high. There's been no falling out. And it is truly remarkable that a family full of women that have been, you know, under constant surveillance for 14 years, they haven't fallen out. Not massively. You know,
1: I think what the, the I think that it is absolutely inevitable that a show that had got to that big would... Peter off. Not even peter off, but like implode on itself. Because okay. after a certain amount of series, or after a few seasons, their content just became about being the Kardashians and participating in filming the show. It became so meta. It was so meta. And the fights that they were having, which... You know, when you think of some of the highlights, some of the funniest moments of the Kardashians that Kim stop taking pictures, your sister's going to jail. They had actual conflict and they had other drama in their life and they... They had these humorous arguments over it and that's what made them so endearing because yeah, they were these like really rich, very successful family, but they argued like me and my older brother did when we were teenagers.
0: Totally. And these arguments, and I want to come back to the piece about it being meta and now being about the work of creating the show. And particularly in this season, when you watch the first episode, Chloe breaks the fourth wall and says Kim I'm not going to say this to you in front of the cameras and it's really jarring it's yeah but there's something authentic about that it was kind of time for them to do that Um, but the recent fight between Courtney and Kim whereby Courtney drew blood yeah There was a face smashed against a wall with foundation all over the beautiful white laminated walls. It was a real sibling fight. And for me and my sisters, it reminds, we call them wolf moon fights because on holidays in Italy a few years ago, I was wearing these culottes for the entire trip. You right?
1: can't spell culottes without lots of cool. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. They were white culottes. I was trying like a minimalist thing. Mm. It was all I was wearing and then kind of a different top every day. But the girls obviously weren't impressed and they never said they were nice. And that was fine. I was coping. One day there was a comment made about me or something that just I melt like had a meltdown. Mm -hmm. I started crying on the streets of Lake Garda. And it seemed like such a superficial fight about culottes, about what I was wearing, about we had to go home. The three of us were crying. We had to go home and sit on the bed and we just fought solidly for hours. All of us crying, you know, I don't do enough for mum. Caitlin doesn't do, you know, and everything came out.
1: It starts, one of you was arguing about the culottes and the other two were arguing about the future and the health and well-being of your family into the next generation totally
0: yeah so now when we feel a fight teetering on that point of really you know frivolous and superficial moving into real bone deep fighting Mm -hmm. we call it wolf moon and that fight to me the kim and courtney fight was bone deep yeah because it was about and they've had these fights before they had one in 2018 did you just take that off your notes? Well, I just wanted to indicate to you that I have that written down. down there, yeah. Um. In 2018, they had a fight that, in Kim, kind of summed up the whole. Uh, Problem between herself and Courtney and it was Courtney you are not exciting to look at you don't have a business that you're passionate about yeah. you don't work hard and it showed kind of how they grade themselves and how oh, Kim uh, grades success there's a
1: hierarchy in the family total 100%. hierarchy
0: and all that matters is being exciting to look at whether you are you know offending millions of people in a Pepsi ad or Or you are at gunpoint in Paris. It's what is exciting. And Mm. that is how they grade themselves. And I think Courtney is different. And I don't think she likes that yardstick as a way to kind of measure success. I think that we have
1: team Kim, Chloe and Kylie Mm. who are very much have seen the benefit of the show have built multiple other brands off the success of the show um we have you know kylie's cosmetics brands we have good american the uh chloe's jeans brands we've glowy had a spin-off problematic show called revenge body and um, obviously then kim has had rakes of other things and then over here you have kendall and courtney who don't really engage with the add-ons or the frills of the show like participate where they can but certainly aren't pushing themselves centre stage and also focus on their other passions and for Courtney obviously it's her family
0: and for Kendall it's modelling and Courtney has that Poosh website do you remember that? It's pitiful it. it is awful it's pathetic it's so of not of its time it's it's a real naughty product. It's a real goop. And even Gwyneth Paltrow has had to innovate massively with goop. And now she has goop lab on Netflix. It's real 2007, 2008 era stuff when you go on poosh.com, you know. It's I've just opened it here. And it's funny because they obviously rely heavily
1: on the um, they rely heavily on a lot of images of Courtney mm. and It probably would have succeeded really well in 2007, 2008 when they launched the Kardashians. I love how you're now now
0: pointing at my dates and my notebook. Yeah,
1: and um, it's just just not relevant now at Mm. all. It's interesting because I think that's indicative of both the decline in written media and the Kardashians.
0: Totally. And it's kind of, they're so hinged to each other that you can't pull them apart. And I'm interested to see what the new iteration of the Kardashians will be post-pandemic. But that website for me sums up, you know, this is a, a bygone era now mm-hmm. so to give context when the kardashians first launched there was nothing new or original about the concept in fact kim has very openly modeled herself on paris hilton yeah. and we already had the simple life we had the osbournes we had these reality formats when the kardashians launched and it was chris and ryan seacrest seacrest that uh, kind of that the show is their brainchild. So this wasn't a new concept. What was new, I suppose, is if you think, if you compare Paris Hilton and Kim, Paris Hilton is like whiteness personified. Mm -hmm. She came from old money. The Hiltons were obviously very old money. Yeah, The Kardashians were totally new money. Even when they launched, they weren't really extraordinarily wealthy. No, 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 not at all. Um, they've built that wealth through like, the program. They worked. Remember, Kim Ta- used to organize people's closets. She organized Paris's shoes. Like, yeah. yeah, that was her gig. So she kind of took this reality show format this famous for being famous, quote unquote, idea and Mm -hmm. concept Mm -hmm. and has now made an extraordinary living on it. But all of that kind of culminated this year in the pandemic when it's funny because most celebrities are trying to close the gap between them and their fans or the people that make them famous. They're trying to be more like us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the tabloids, we would love the two page spreads that are about celebrities. They're just like us. I think that's a famous spread in like us magazine or yeah. people or whatever. They're just like us. And it's photos of them getting an iced coffee or walking the dog. Whereas the Kardashians, their mission has had to be separate themselves from their fans because they're cultivating this fame, fame for being famous and yeah. kind of showing the nuts and bolts and showing the scaffolding of being a celebrity and what yeah. it takes to be a celebrity. So they've had like a different mission from the start. And now this year in 2020, I think what we want from our celebrities is authenticity, which is something that the Kardashians have actively moved away from.
1: I don't think that we actually want celebrity anymore because we don't look at we don't revere reality stars with the same kind of status that they they did in 2007. Everyone can be a reality star because everyone is allowing us access to their lives and on Instagram. I think that we are much more driven by niche interests now. Mm. And I think that we're definitely more, as a whole, we're very we're more politically engaged and more conscious. It's interesting when you look at buyer trends and stuff because that always is indicative of how we're behaving as a society and how people refer to brands. And I know in last year's um, earned brand study, which is like a big study that's done worldwide by Edelman Pior. They reveal that 66% of people, thereabouts two thirds of people roughly, are belief driven consumers now, which means that they'll only shop with a brand that mirrors their own personal values. So that's why we're seeing kind of brands have to become more environmentally friendly, a distrust with brands who are engaging with fast fashion. And, you know, consumers have copped on that they have the driving power to really drive tangible societal change and Mm. we're living at a time that is desperately in need of societal change we've seen some massive movements over the last couple of years from black lives matter to the climate crisis Mm. and people are using their buying power to change the world the kardashians don't fit anywhere in that no they're not doing anything that advances that mission for us as people and we'd rather put our kind of attention and also think that people have copped on to the fact that their attention is valuable and that their attention gives value to other companies in the same way that they'll now choose to engage with media brands that are diverse if you look at even the recent um kind of controversy with Gimlet and Reply All. Reply All was doing a series on the racism within the Bon Appetit test kitchen. So here you have Gimlet that's owned by Spotify shining a light on um, Bon Appetit that's owned by Condé Nast. Two media giants looking at each other and one former employee of Gimlet sent out a tweet saying great series that they're doing here. Of course, it's valuable, but... I had an issue with the two presenters of that podcast and it has brought down one of the biggest shows in media from a small tweet because people get behind the little guy and people get behind people are on the side of right now mm. or at least on the side of what's what politically needs to happen. So This is just a really long roundabout way of saying that the Kardashians are neither political nor environmental nor conscious mm. and they have for so long been really the purveyors of consumer culture and been the people who have told us to buy skims buy Kylie's lip kits we've made a you know supposedly a billionaire out of Kylie Jenner from buying lip kits you know buy these jeans buy this skinny tee, buy Mm. this and they have pushed things on us for so long that I think that people are just actively like wising up and being like that's actually not how I want to live that's not where I want to put my power and that's not something I want to support
0: it's such a good point we don't need to watch people through the prism of tv we can go and follow the celebrities that we find interesting on instagram and that is the real crux of this shift but it's funny that they came up in an era where PR machines and magazines and tv and their show were so expert at identifying what people find interesting and then controlling yeah. a narrative according to what people find interesting now because celebrities have complete ownership of their own images and their social media and how they disseminate their content they have to understand why they're interesting and I don't think that Kardashians understand why they're interesting I don't think so either and this is when you try to understand
1: because you can't deny the impact they've had on the world they have been the Marilyn Monroe of our generation when they you know they have defined the beauty standards Mm. they're the big lips kind of botox face reintroducing like you know taking skinny away from it and and making curves really popular and it's a fantastic thing that well it's a fantastic thing in that they've been the antithesis to what has gone before it both situations you know the 90s kind of heroin chic and then kardashian curves both Mm. are presenting a an unattainable body image
0: yeah but it's been impressive that they have been able to do that Yeah and even a step beyond that they've created a new ideal of what a body should look like with insane waist to hip ratios Mm. and that body type is standing in complete defiance to the previous cultural perfect body completely defiant but now they've created this new perfect body type and they've created all of these brands that they're marketing in order for you to become just like them so they've set the ideal and now they're the ones shipping the products that can help you become like this that's how to do it it's to control the run control the narrative and control the runway if you can
1: control what's being said and then you can offer if you can present the problem and offer the solution Mm. then you've you're in a gold mine and it's something that we see reflected in media a lot of the time as well like even here you'll see media owners and people who own the radio stations disproportionately advertising other products that they own yeah and it's just it's a tried and test thing that's why we have affiliate marketing it's because people know where there's audiences there's people who will buy so if i can get your attention i can get you to buy something yeah the kardashians go one step further by creating problems for us so it's you want to be curvy here are these body suits that you can buy you Mm want to be tanned here is a tan you want to be you want you don't want to look like us here's a lip kit and it's and then they push obviously push other products as well that are just they're just doing it for the money That they obviously don't care about
0: the impact like the amount of skinny tea they have pushed over the years shamelessly unapologetically and when they and waist trainers i bought a waist trainer i know you did you really did (laughs)
1: I, I did and like even when I'm I was having a tough day today because I split the arse of my jeans open getting into the car and my first thought went to I should wear my waist trainer again and I'm an intelligent 31 year old woman I know that I don't have to look like the Kardashians to be happy but so that's embedded. where my mind goes because yeah. it's embedded so does it all just come back to their aesthetic does it just come back to their success is generated because they are beautiful to look at
0: but the charm was the obliviousness that they had and there was that famous scene where uh, kim they're in bora bora remember she do- she jumps into the sea and oh, she loses yeah. her seventy five euro diamond and she's screaming crying and courtney comes out of her bedroom with mason on her hip and says kim there's people who are dying Very good.
1: Very, very good impression. I wasn't
0: even trying. If I was really trying, I could probably, you know, really knock it out of the park. But it was so dry and kind of just embodies everything that was funny about the Kardashians entertaining. But that obliviousness isn't acceptable anymore.
1: No, it's and, and they've made such serious mistakes over the last couple of years. But when you think about it, their lives have touched some pretty significant issues from you know, Caitlyn Jenner's transition, which was, I suppose, pushing forward for trans rights, has been one of the biggest battles of our of our lifetime. And when they, you know, they're a minority that suffers great injustices, and we have to advocate for them. And they have have a trans person in their family that they need to protect, and they kind of haven't really said much on the issue. Mm. You know, during a world pandemic. We had that ridiculous tweet of, I gathered my closest friends and we went off to an island and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, again, incredibly disrespectful to the feelings of the masses. And I know you don't have to live your life based on how everyone else is living theirs, but... It seemed pretty insensitive to go off to a private island with your closest four hundred friends or whatever it was, have a little fire esque festival mm. while there were people who were really struggling to make ends meet.
0: That was so alienating, and I nearly want to pause on that moment for a minute because for me that was when I realised that the Kardashians in post pandemic times it's a misfit, and Completely. while every other celebrity was trying to be more authentic than ever, more inclusive than ever, we're all in this together Kim showed a complete lack of self-awareness and continued to perpetuate that distance between her life and our lives in a tweet that was so exclusive and so I remember she said my inner circle are here mm-hmm. this is a private island this is my and then proceeded to share a rake of photographs of them all looking fab and then with there was staff, a lot
1: of people yeah a
0: lot of people and there was staff in the background wearing masks but the ma- it was really jarring because okay so the staff member has to wear a mask but the privileged inner circle private island attendees the pandemic doesn't apply it no was and so, the
1: rules don't apply to rich people yeah. and then they have so i think what happened is we have a family who were completely untouched by any struggles or strife that is going on with the rest of the population and America particularly but the world as a whole has probably never been more polarized it feels we live in a time where there are the rich and there are the people who are struggling to make ends meet or there are the people who are maybe getting day getting by day by day but are seeing now that these things aren't attainable to them like there are people our age who know that they will, who've grown up in Dublin, who know now that they will just never be able to afford to buy a house in Dublin. or And that's that feeling is, is there for a lot of people. There's people who lost their jobs in the pandemic, but those people who lost their jobs in the pandemic have been the most impacted are the low-income workers. So it just feels like there are these people up here, untouched, and it's like the Kardashians are... A parody of privilege now Mm. they are so privileged that it's how you would take the piss out of privilege you would just live so incredibly without rules that it would it would seem like a sketch and that's what they're doing the private island thing was ridiculous and then also at a time where we had complete political unrest and we were pointing out the Oppression of black people and advocating for change and advocating for, um, you know, allyship and, and supporting black people. You had Kanye West, who was kind of uh, aligning himself with and supporting Donald Trump, mm. who is a misogynist, a racist whose policies have continued to oppress people. And it was just so like there was no you just couldn't forgive them. There was just, there was no forgiveness there. There was no way you could forgive them. You couldn't overlook it anymore. You couldn't look and identify the stuff that was wrong with it and say, well, it's still funny and engaging Mm. because it was so offensive and not, not offensive, but it was so, oh, it just felt different to engage with them and watch them. You weren't looking at them saying, I know what they're, I think they know. That they're being ridiculous, mm. which is what you used to do when they were having those fights, when Kim was taking the selfies in the back of the car, yeah. when they were having a laugh about things. But now it's like, I don't think they realize that their life impacts my life and impacts how I feel about the world and how I feel about beauty ideals and how I feel about what I should be spending my money on. Mm. But they don't actually care about me.
0: No, and I feel that now that they've lost this TV slot and this TV show gave them huge control over their storylines. Yes, it was a problem that... We were watching stories play out months after they were happening real time and we don't accept that anymore when it comes to our media, we want it instantly. But they, in a TV setting, it's not a participatory medium, it's Mm -hmm. they get to sit down with their gorgeous lighting and tell you how it all happened. Now that they don't have that I think they could disappear into the ether. Like- I think that they, I think for their own self-preservation so that they don't become,
1: if they don't sit permanently in the area of problematic, the best thing they can do is retreat and focus on their other things. And I think that like Kim has obviously turned her attention more, uh, you know, into the legal side and has advocated for the release of people who, she, who have been particularly affected by long-term minor drug offences unfairly in the u.s and you know that's fantastic work and i think that they need to go away now and do something else they need to stop trying to get people to buy things focus on themselves a little bit more and yeah i mean i like the thing is i enjoy them like and every reference we make i know it because i've watched the show and i find them really funny
0: i find them funny yeah and i think chris understands her role and her character and she is a parody of herself and I think she's aware of that. I don't think any of the rest of them are as aware. No. But I watched the first episode. They're filming themselves on their phones and Chloe is filming a fertility journey. It's quite authentic and it's quite good and she has frozen her eggs and the eggs, when they thawed out, they didn't survive and it's difficult and it's something a lot of people are going through. But her... They've created essentially, we've spoken about it before, these like avatars of what they look like. Mm -hmm. And when she films on her phone, she looks like the version of Chloe that we all see on social media. But then when it cuts to the production team's shots, she looks completely different. Yeah. And I'm not commenting on whether she looks worse or better. She looks completely different. She is not the creature that she has created on her social media. And for them to allow that to happen, for to go from one shot where she looks like the avatar version of herself to the next shot where we see the real Chloe, yes. it's so bizarre that but they I are letting that happen. But I just don't think they
1: care enough anymore. Like they don't yeah. care about the content of the show anymore. And in the last season, all of the conflict, the thing that drives good drama is conflict and tension. All of that came from, this we mean about it being meta, the concept of creating the show so the biggest like ever present argument over the last season was that courtney didn't want to participate in the show anymore and it was and that was the thing i think that led to the big fight the smashing the head against the wall fight was that courtney just didn't want to do it anymore and they were arguing about the very show that was being filmed and it was just so clear that they were void of you know actual experiences because they can't just walk around and operate in the normal world anymore because they're not normal people they're these superstars yeah so if they did put them out in the streets then it would become about being you know harangued by the public Mm -hmm. and and or their security and we did obviously we had the there was incredibly touching scenes and very authentic scenes when we saw uh the, the footage from Kim's time in Paris when she was held at gunpoint Mm. and when she spoke about that you could really sense her fear and it was incredibly upsetting and again but that's what I mean about their lives touch things that are so important Mm. but they seem to just bounce back from it so quickly or like just brush over it Mm. and it's annoying to see people with massive platforms not doing more not, not advocating enough for trans rights or not talking about gun violence in the US you know things mm. that really have um that they that they could authentically humanly speak on
0: yeah they have missed opportunities yeah does it bother you that the show is scripted?
1: no because I I, I know media and yeah. you know media and everything's scripted we're reading off scripts right now we've just made this sound really natural but no like there, there's certain media that is just highly produced but mm. if you left the if you left the cameras running, they wouldn't speak articulately. Mm. You wouldn't get the drama out of it. There's always, in every reality TV show, people have to understand there's drivers of tension. And that's when a producer steps in and tells someone to do something. It's where they're laced with alcohol. It's the challenges and love island. It's the mm. all the little things they do to interfere, to try and get content out of it. And when it comes to something like the Kardashians, like you said, they're so pushed for time that the only way that they're going to do that is probably going in with a... With outlined yeah. yeah
0: it doesn't bother me either but it makes me really scared for them because it must be incredibly difficult to untangle what has been cultivated for the program and relationships that have been changed and formed and their path kind of uh outlined by by an outline of yeah. you know this season we're going to deal with Kim's divorce from Kanye Or, you know, this season or in episode five, we're going to look at Jordan, um, you know, allegedly sleeping with Tristan and that puts an end to Chloe's relationship. And Chloe and Tristan have a baby and it's that baby's life, like her whole life. She's, As Harry said in the Oprah documentary, he inherited this this risk. And in the same way, this new generation of Kardashians have inherited this hybrid of what's real life, what's not. This constant surveillance. And does it matter if no one's looking? I would be interested, what I want next from the Kardashians. They have signed a deal with Hulu. I want Kris Jenner. I want an hour of just chris every week i would love that i want to know how she runs a business how she markets a product how she manages a team how she manages her schedule i want every detail of chris jenner's life i'm fascinated by her i don't care if the rest disappear i would like to see more i do like chloe She's I don't so cool.
1: want to see Revenge Body ever again. I think that is just an absolutely atrocious concept. We'll see Wonderful. what she does next. Megan, you are absolutely brilliant there. Thank you for bringing your notes. I really enjoyed that. I don't
0: know why you're making fun of my notes I just, no, I'm I not notes making fun of your week. notes.
1: But they're handwritten notes. You do. You've just brought them over from the other. Saw that page there now of the other ones. I'm just really enjoying the format of this season. We
0: come with a few facts. and This is my new strategy is I write the dates and the facts down because too often we find ourselves in situations where we're like, oh, it was an article written by someone? what was it? It was oh, we'll get it. And we either have to pause recording to go and find it or like we just never come back to it. And I just feel like I want to have dates for people i did
1: i li- i don't know if you listen to um you're wrong about it's a fantastic podcast it's absolutely no. brilliant and i did in one episode they said they had 130 pages of notes for something for one singular episode Whoa. and i thought to myself i should write a note anyway it doesn't matter thank you all for listening thanks for listening i'm we'll off to buy a there. new pair of jeans on the internet oh, God, love you. bye good
0: american